0: And tonight on That Kevin Show, he's an eclectic who's seen everywhere, Eric Metaxas. A bit later, she's a media and technology entrepreneur, Laura J. Wellington. And from The Chosen, Amanda Jenkins. And fresh off his appearance at the Grammys, Luke Combs. Now live from Times Square crossroads to the world, and the only place where Elmo always comes with a restraining order, here's that Kevin. I, I can't believe it. We made it to Saturday. Uh, why, why am I... Hey, kids, great to have you with us. Why am I, why am I looking like this? Well, because the senior producer... Of the whole channel, the Salem News Channel, Eric Hastings, told me that the new tagline to the show has to be in the in the promos for the week, just what the world needs, two hours of that Kevin show. So I, I guess you could say I was kind of feeling my oats uh, this weekend. Anyway, glad to have you with us. Welcome to Saturday. We've got a lot to get to. Hold on. Ah, need the hot stuff. If it's not hot, doesn't count. All right, we got a lot to get to. Uh, as you just heard, huge lineup tonight. Uh, Eric Metaxas, humorist, author, or radio talk show host, television talk show host, you name it, he's done it, and he's done it a few times in almost every place it can be done. Uh, next to the, uh, besides that, we've got uh, Laura Wellington coming up in hour number two. Uh, she makes Bill Gates look bad in terms of uh, how she is a media and technology entrepreneur, but she wants to use her gifts and abilities in that area to actually help the world instead of buying up all of our farmland and trying to make us all switch to vegan diets. I've never understood that. We'll never understand that. Uh, And uh, we're glad to have Laura with us tonight. A little bit later on, Amanda Jenkins, um, if you were watching anything with Kevin McCullough in the early part or the late part of 2022, you know that we were at the... Teal carpet for the chosen season premiere in the fall. And uh, they are putting the wraps on the season as the final two episodes have dropped. We'll get some perspective from one of the key producers. The woman who made sure to it that the Jenkins family line continued. Amanda Jenkins will be with us. uh, The wife of Dallas Jenkins, one of the co-creators of the uh, of the show. And then in the music spotlight tonight. Great stuff. Luke Combs. Did you did you see did you see his performance at the Grammys? It was he was great. And if you like American country rock music, we got two special ones for you tonight from Luke. It's all straight ahead. All right, um we have to, as is our custom here, get to the news at the top of the show. And and I don't I don't really understand this. I don't really understand how just one week ago, at this microphone, we are discussing the the problematic way in which the White House seemed to ignore the fact that one of our major adversaries was flying a spy balloon across our airspace. But they somehow dropped the ball one more time, and they did it in a very interesting way. First of all, they did shoot another one down over Alaska. And as they did that, uh, word got out, and the, later the, the White House was holding a, a State Department or, or Pentagon briefing, rather, and John Kirby gets a question from a reporter about, did they or did they not shoot down another spy balloon? And here's, here's what he said. I can confirm that the Department of Defense was tracking a high-altitude object over Alaska, In the last 24 hours, the object was flying at an altitude of about 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of a civilian flight. Out of an abundance of caution and the recommendation of the Pentagon, President Biden ordered the military to down the object, and they did. And it came inside our territorial waters. Now, I'm guessing, could be spitballing here, but taking a guess at it, that they were prepared to give this answer. Obviously, he had his statement ready. It came down in territorial waters. We grabbed it, so we know what it is. But for the second time in as many weeks, a, a Chinese spy balloon is flying over our area. And for the second time in as many weeks, it wasn't the White House making a statement about what happened. It was waiting until a member of the press brought it up to then address it. And you would have thought that after the dismal performance of the Pentagon last time. Is the position of the balloon classified?
2: Uh, Phil, right now, uh, what we're not going to do is get into a hour-by-hour location of the balloon. Again, we're monitoring it closely. Uh, As I mentioned right now, it's over the center of the continental United States. That's about as specific as I'm going to get. What I understand my being convenient, but does the public not have a right to know? Uh, the public certainly has the ability to look up in the sky and, and see where the balloon is.
0: They again chose not to update the American people and instead went off on other stuff. And then only when they were held accountable by the press did they say, well, yes, we shot down a Chinese balloon. Now the Chinese are mad. They're accusing us of lying to the world about these uh, balloons. And they're saying that they weren't surveillance. We know they were. And they're saying that uh, we're the bad guys here. In fact, they're getting pretty specific about it. One of their uh, spokespeople, China, strongly dissatisfied with this and firmly opposes it, said Mao Ning uh, during a daily briefing on Friday saying U.S. lawmakers are hyping up the balloon issue for purely political manipulation. Now, that's what China has to say about it. I'm guessing that n- nobody believes them. We know. We have NORAD. We, we saw the balloon take off. Why it waited until it got over our territory, in, over landmass again, is a little bit mystifying, too. But the bigger problem here is that for the second time in as many weeks, a spy balloon started to transgress the American continent. And the White House was not going to say a word to the people. In other words, they're not accountable to the people. You may as well just look up and see if you see it for yourself.
2: Is the the position of the balloon classified? Uh, Phil, right now, uh, what we're not going to do is get into a hour by hour location of the balloon. Again, we're monitoring it closely. Uh, As I mentioned right now, it's over the center of the continental United States. That's about as specific as I'm going to get. I understand my being convenient, but does the public not have a right to know? Uh, The the public certainly has the ability to look up in the sky and, and see where the balloon is.
0: Here's, here's how, here's how accountable we are to you guys. You want to know something? Look up in the sky, see for yourself. That's, that's the way it works. We're just meaningless schlubs, you know, pounding pavement, living life. And at the uh, at the onset of this most recent shootdown of the balloon over Alaska yesterday, uh, again John Kirby, very um, I don't know, kind of chill, covert, secretive, confirming that the Department of Defense was tracking a high altitude object over Alaska airspace in the last twenty four hours. He also went on to say at one point that they had just shot it down within the hour that they were holding the briefing on Friday. Within the hour, they had shot it down. This crew, this crew in the White House, this crew that's in charge of all of the different things, they're, they're quite the piece of work, I have to admit. All right, we've got a great show for you. Um, you may have read one of his 30 books that he has um, had published over the years, it's more of them for children than for adults. But uh, the the man who does a little bit of everything and does it with great style and great humor, my friend Eric Metaxas is going to be with us. Uh, and we've got a nice, uh, interesting conversation planned about his background and what all he's doing. That's coming up next here on That Kevin Show. And a little bit later on, he just stepped off the stage at the Grammys last weekend. He's here to share a couple of his big hits tonight. His name is Luke Combs, country superstar. You don't want to miss it. Is it just that good? I'm Kevin McCullough. We're having so much fun. Thanks for being here. Oh yeah, we're playing. We're playing the game tonight. Um, all of the living presidents may or may not have left a voicemail message for you. Me. You'll see what I mean. Stick around. I'm Kevin McCullough. We're coming to you live from New York. So glad you're here.
2: that kevin show hey kev senator biden president harris and i were wondering what you thought of my state of the union
3: kev it's kamala i
1: wasn't really asking kev
2: it's donald your favorite president did you see that obscene display
1: in the balcony cackle's husband kissing biden's girl
3: kev it's barack
1: yeah what was that kev it's belia um just tell Barack and
2: the others, I think that Jill was making up for lost time, you know, from all of his hair snipping. Yeah, Kev, it's Bill. Personally, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I don't know what these guys are talking William about. William Jefferson, you best stop talking. Kev, Senator Biden again, sorry. I apparently have butt-dialed you. Here he is, that Kevin. Kevin McCullough.
0: My first guest tonight is someone that needs no introduction to those of you watching on the Salem News Channel. But if you're watching on biz TV or listening by way of radio, you might not know who he is, though I find it hard to find anybody who doesn't know who my next guest is. He is an intellectual. He's a funny guy. He's a talk radio show uh, host himself, and he's uh, dabbled in TV in and out for many, many years He's also a uh, multiple-time-over best-selling New York Times best-selling author of multiple best-selling titles, uh, uh, one of which we'll tell you about uh, is brand new. But ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Eric Metaxas.
1: Wow. Please be seated. No, no, no. (laughs) That's unnecessary. Please sit. Eric Please, thank you for on. being here. It's good come to see you. Lisa, I love you. I'm just thrilled you're doing this kind of a show. Congratulations, my friend. You're uh well, thank you. I take that as high praise coming from you. Uh you
0: you have dabbled in TV off and on. In fact, you've even been north of the border doing Canadian television. What's uh, the easy question out of the gate? What's the difference in doing TV in Canada and the US?
1: I am if nothing else eclectic. And I I can be very confusing to people because there are people who will read my 600 page biography of Dietrich Bonhoeffer and they think, wow, this is a very serious intellectual guy. Uh, and then they see me, you know, kind of cutting up like an idiot uh, because I, I like to joke around. I'm a fan of comedy. I, I almost wrote for Letterman and Seinfeld back in the day. That was kind of my one career path. I've written humor that's been published in the New York Times and the Atlantic Monthly. I mean, I'm, I've done so many different kinds of things. I wrote for Veggie Tales. I have written 30 <laughs> children's books. And so people get very, very confused. So I tell them uh, if you're confused, imagine how I feel, because yeah. this is me. It's all authentic. Um, and so I tell people, I'm not kidding. Just go to my website, ericmetaxas.com, and you can begin to see the different strands come uh, together. Uh, My radio show is a place where people get to see a lot of these different parts of me because every day I interview different types of people. I've interviewed you about current events, but I'll interview uh, historians. I will interview people about faith. So I am kind of all over the place, and that by now I realize that's just – who God made me to be, and I'm going to go with it. So if it's it's confusing, I apologize, but I am also confused by it. Well,
0: it is, it is not only, uh, fun to see all these many shades of Eric Metaxas, but it's also, um, uh, very instructive to me how you have so many different gifts and you've been able to apply them in so many different ways. Um, and so, just thanks for coming on. You know, the Salem News Channel is in its infancy. Uh, Phil Boyce uh, attempting to put an antidote out there to the mainstream media, and we're just really uh, thankful for Carrie Pahigian and um, Eric Hastings and everybody that's uh, helped us get that Kevin show off the ground. But Eric, one of the things I love about doing with you uh, is picking your brain, and most of the time you're asking me the question. So whenever you have a book coming coming out or or what have you, I I kind of get to replace. Uh, the roles there, but I, I want to go. I want to talk about stuff we've never talked about before. Um, you went to Ivy League schools. You you are an
1: intellectual. actually that's not you're, true. You only published... went to a single Ivy League school. I no? went to Yale University. That's the only Ivy League school to which I ever oh, went.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. You went to, a, and I'm sure that Yale's would say the Ivy League school, but we'll
1: we'll leave that for another topic. Well, we've got to say this up front. I have great disdain tremendous disdain for the university world, for the Ivy league in particular, and for Yale university in extra particular, an ugly term I just made up, Mm -hmm. but those places uh, they were, they were basically nuts when I was there in the eighties. And now uh, they are beyond nuts. They are Marxist uh, cesspools and it's, it's in some ways heartbreaking, but of course, uh, all of the elite institutions are dead, whether it's Yale and Harvard or The New York Times. They have all gone over the lip uh, into the abyss. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I I grew up in a working class home. And the American dream uh, parents that didn't go to college came from uh, Europe, uh, you know, on ships to a, a great country called America. And they got their kid got to go to Yale University. Hmm. But then when I went there, I discovered, oh, uh, Yale is pretty messed up. Uh, It is anti-American. It's anti-God. That's most of the uh, Ivy League uh, and most of our league institutions.
0: Well, we'll uh, we'll pick up on that thought and some others as we are getting to visit with uh, Eric Metaxas throughout the evening. He does have a book out right now, the um, a letter to the American Church, and um, you need to get it. You need to read it. There is an election coming up in 2024, but I want to I want to not do X's and O's politics tonight, Eric. I want to talk about you and your life. You talk about parents that were immigrants. You coming from a middle class um, situation. You got to go to an Ivy League school. If there are young people looking at educational Um, opportunities right now. Are you of the mindset that you're saying, don't go to the Ivy leagues in any way, shape, fashion, or form, or if you go be aware of what you're going to be up against and be ready to engage it? What's, what's your, that's that's what
1: I would have said 10 years ago. Now uh, I feel like they're flaming buildings and I would avoid them. And I'm sort of not kidding at all. They are really so broken Um, uh, I, I, want to say that there are a handful of colleges worth going to, uh, but at this point, uh, they really have become absolutely broken, like the woke madness that you see being unleashed in the culture is times 10 in, in colleges. So I really think, uh, it would, it'd be much, much smarter, uh, to go into the business world or to do something like that, or. Uh, you know, uh, if you're going to go to a college, you can, you can do online stuff at Liberty university, or you can do Hillsdale. There's a handful, yeah. but City. most of them are, they will lure you in. Uh, and then when you get there, you realize this is a burning building. I think I better get out of here. I mean, that's mostly, unfortunately, very true. It was almost and in the true 60 when I was seconds there. we have left. What, what flipped that switch? Jesus of Nazareth came into my life. Uh, he's the second person of the Trinity. In 19- I graduated Yale in 84. Uh, in 1988, uh, I had a freaky born-again conversion experience, life-changing, insane. I've written about it many times. There's a video on my website, ericandtaxas.com. That changed everything, as uh, was God's intention in doing that. So we can talk about that when we come back. All right. Uh,
0: he is Eric Metaxas. And you know what? In eight minutes, he only gave his website two plugs. And I, for Eric, that's doing really well. Normally, it's a lot more than that. I'm very proud of him for restraining himself. What website? But but go to ericmetaxas.com and uh, check out everything that he's got going on. If you want to follow his radio show, it's metaxastalk.com. And uh, we'll have a lot of fun with Eric when we continue. Stay with us.
2: around for more of That Kevin. Next, That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. Here he is from New York. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough.
0: All right. He's the man who can probably tell you where the best piece of pie is in his section of Manhattan. Uh, But he is also a guy who likes to think very clearly and help others do the same. Eric in Texas is uh, visiting with us tonight on that Kevin show real quickly, Eric, before back to the conversation. What is the best piece of pie near you? Where do you get your pizza? I was
1: going to say when you said that, uh, I I thought you meant actual pie, not pizza, pizza. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could talk about pizza. What's the best slice near you? But well, the best nice slice to me is like, I think there's a, uh, there. I mean, there are many, but uh, there's one like on. Uh, I've Lexington. actually stumped Eric Metaxas. No, 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 this this never Lexington happened before. And eighty fourth is probably the most solid New York pizza. Uh, you know that if 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 I'm, you know, if I'm deciding I'm going to have some carbohydrates today. Uh, that, that's, uh, I'm, I'm walking, step uh, I'm in walking in that direction. Do you eat it with a fork? No, I'm not a communist or an atheist. <laughs> uh, I would not do that. No,
0: I wouldn't. Uh, for those of you outside of New York, uh, that's what our illustrious former mayor did when visiting one of the legendary, uh, pizza houses on Staten Island. Um, Eric Metaxas is with us, author of the book, letter to the American church, um, Eric, we were talking about your background in uh, the Ivy Leagues, and they started out as church-based schools, theological schools. They were trying to help people prepare for ministry at one point in time, and a theological degree from Harvard or Yale at one time meant something.
1: Every Um, one of every one of the Ivy League schools, except for Cornell, was founded explicitly as Christian ministry. Every one of them, Um, Yale was profoundly Christian. Now, we got to be clear. When people say, when did things go south at Yale? You were asking that question. When did it go wrong? Like, almost immediately. Uh, I mean, there have been seasons of real revival, wonderful things. But Yale uh, drank the uh, French Enlightenment uh, atheistic madness in the latter part of the 18th century. So they went crazy, like, you know— at, at right after the revolution, but then Timothy Dwight, a heroic figure, if ever there was one, became president of the university and really brought about revival on the campus. You know, this is 1800, okay? Mm. But they've had lots of ups and downs. Um, universities, we, we've just got to be clear. We've got this different ideas in our head, right? When I think Yale, you think like, you know, Vododio do, Raccoon Coats, football. We're thinking of like 1920. The fact is that these places went south ideologically way before the 1960s. If you think uh, of William F. Buckley, who went to Yale, of course, graduated in like 50, I think, or 51, I think 1950, 51. He wrote his book, God and Man at Yale, which was about the Yale of the 40s when he attended. It was all about how Marxists and atheists had overtaken yale in the 40s so anybody who thinks oh things went bad in the 60s things went bad in the 80s which was interesting because
0: we were just starting to take on marxism globally at that point we had not really seen it not in its kind of bared teeth fashion and uh it wasn't really until the end of world war ii that we really started to fight against it you know rhetorically here in the states um so that that's interesting that he was he was already sounding the alarm at that point. Well, in look, time we, at that we place. just
1: got to be clear that all of these elite institutions, you know, there there was always good and bad, but uh, there was a lot of bad way 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 early on. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, they there was a hostility uh, to the idea of God uh, that that goes way 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 back. You know, uh, in the universities of, the, of 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 Europe uh, and the United States of America, and it you know it's the trickle down effect of of culture and education, you know, you could, the intellectuals could believe those crazy things in the 1850s or 60s or 70s, but it took time for those things to work their way all the way in so that they bubble up into the culture. Uh, You know, you look at the 1920s, it was uh, an era of unbelievable debauchery uh, in in culture, Uh, you know, Weimar Europe, uh, Weimar Germany. So this is like, you know, we, we tend to look back and think, oh, the 1920s, what a What a wonderful, innocent era in some places. In other places, the seeds of everything we're seeing now were being sown then. So, you know, we we don't want to idealize or idolize the past.
0: Uh, He is Eric Metaxas, and uh, when we come back, we're going to get into uh, some more contemporary topics. Uh, If you don't listen to Eric's radio show, you should. He's syndicated by the Salem Media Group. And if you're not watching on the Salem News Channel weeknights, I believe it's at uh, 9 p.m., just before um, Larry O'Connor, you should be checking out the uh, Eric Metaxas uh, nightly talk show on snc.tv as well. Kevin McCullough is my name. Anything you want from Eric, uh, go to ericmetaxas.com, and you will find it including many of his books that he's already made mention of. I didn't know 30 kids books were in the portfolio. I knew he'd written a bunch. Didn't
1: know that many. Only 14 books for adult readers, but 30 <laughs> books, 32 books, I think for children. Yeah.
0: Good enough. Coming right back from New York. Don't go what? he will be right back.
2: <laughs> that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. Back to That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough.
0: From New York, we are glad to welcome you back to That Kevin Show. Hey, there's a lot of stuff you're involved with, friend. Uh, Not just radio, not just um, engaging the academic elites of our time, Um, but you've got um, a a penchant for comedy. You've got uh, a strong desire to impact the world for your um, Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. You 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 host a thing called Socrates in the City in
1: which you're you're trying to tap into the the thinking I, of great thinkers and help yes. young people do the same thing. Actually, what? that's that's a place that I I would want to point people City dot com or SocratesintheCity on YouTube. I have done these events for twenty two years, where uh, typically I interview someone. It's kind of like Dick Cavett style, the like PBS you know intellectual type format. You know, pretentious. Uh, in these beautiful clubs. And I speak usually to these amazingly brilliant uh, people on a v- wide variety of topics. But it's kind of like the highbrow PBS version of, uh, you know, my brand, let's say. And it's Socrates in the city. Uh, but some of the most wonderful, pl- I have interviewed people, you you know, it, it's it's pretty extraordinary. And we do these not just in New York City. We're doing one in Seattle uh, at the end of April. We've done them in different places in different cities, but I would encourage people because usually my, you know, opening comments are just kind of goofball humor or some goofball humor. And then we get serious. And I'm I'm telling you, we've had extraordinary conversations. I, I interviewed Andrew Claven recently. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I interviewed Oz Guinness. Really, these are astonishing minds. And we've got a bunch of them coming And, and in a funny way. Um, the reason I say I want to point people to that is because you, you, there's such a variety there. It's serious, but uh, it's also fun. There's, there's, you know, depending on who my guest is. Some guests right. don't like to laugh and they don't like to joke, and uh, I don't have them back.
0: Yeah, and then then you can just make fun of them on your radio show. And and we must. It's very and the, important. And the people and the people that you don't invite to be part of Socrates in the city, right? Like me. You, yeah. you make fun of on your radio show anyway that's
1: right, that's right. uh eric I, I, I have a question for you but uh, uh, if you don't wait mind. wait a sec okay no quick question just yes or no can you tell that i'm wearing a wig <laughs> you don't want to answer uh no i'd prefer okay. not to okay. I,
0: I i like the mystery of it i just yeah. i want people to well i'm I using a different
1: adhesive and i want to know if
0: if you can tell well anyway, you might want to continue. check the left side then because it's okay. kind of tilting yeah it's anyway. slippy um, you were also, uh, you fancy yourself a bit of a musician
1: as well. That's preposterous. I, actually, uh, actually, we have no, some look, audio evidence of, I don't, I don't want to hear that of as such. Um, I want to say this, that, uh, when I, I like to do everything and I'm not joking. When I was at Yale, um, I was in two musicals. So yes, I love to sing. I was the editor of the humor magazine. It's the America's oldest College humor magazine, The Yale Record. I was the editor of that. So I was writing humor and doing humor. I had literary ambitions. You know, I wanted, I was an English major. So I wanted to be a serious writer. So you can see I was all over the map even back then. Yeah. My problem is most people usually choose and then get serious. And I never was able to do that. I, so I'm still all over the map. So, yes. The, the, but I've, I've what's done the downside to that though because what's if,
0: you, if you, but what's the downside to that if you really love it and you have a degree of skill in all those areas and I this is one way that I kind of feel like you and I are a little bit similar my my skills aren't the same as yours but I have wide interests I like to cook there's a ton of stuff musically that I love to be involved in I love to have funny people on the show and I like to make fun of people from time I to love time. to I, mean,
1: I love to streak at sporting events well I was going to ask about that but I think I don't. that's
0: that yell influence right rubbing off, you know, the naked party thing. But I don't.
1: Okay. (laughs) I don't do everything I like to do. Okay. I draw the line. No more streaking. After 1979, it was passe. And I said, enough is enough. (laughs) Uh, No, but look, I just, I really do enjoy doing many things. And I, you know, look, we've seen this uh, when you think of uh, when I think of some of my heroes, you know, Johnny Carson uh, or Dick Cavett or whatever, you know, being serious and having a serious conversation, having a, a funny conversation, doing comedy, uh, doing a duet, uh, singing a, a duet with somebody. I love doing all those things. So on some weird level, uh, I'm an entertainer, a lot like Sammy Davis Jr. I just want to be clear a lot like Sammy Davis. <laughs> well, Jr. I was going to say the I impeccable physical similarities are I, the, uh, incredible. The, 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 the dancing, not quite at his level, but true. everything, everything else. And I, and I, and I, and I don't smoke. But favorite other than historical
0: that, character not named Jesus to Eric Metaxas. Say that again. Favorite historical character not named Jesus to Eric Metaxas.
1: Okay, can I cheat and say Yeshua? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I I don't have a favorite historical character. I have there are so many. But one thing that's interesting is that. Um, if you believe in the God of the Bible, the God of the Bible is a person. He's not an energy force. He's not the force. He's a person, and He created us in His image. And people are extraordinary. They're made in God's image, and everyone is different, meant to be different. And so there, there are a wide variety of people that uh, I love from history uh, that are okay. Alive I'll make it today. easier. I'll make it easier.
0: From all of history, you can invite five people to your next dinner party just to sit, eat food and have conversation. Who are they? All right,
1: Andre the Giant. Okay. Uh that's as far as I can go. Uh uh Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Okay. Abraham Lincoln. Um probably either Foster Brooks or Charlie Callis. I don't know which of them. Um Frank Gorshin. Uh you see the problem? I mean, I love, there are so many people, like when you say that, I just think you can find what, interest what anywhere. I would give to spend, you know, five minutes with, uh, I mean, there are so many people that I, 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 I don't know where to, I don't know where to start. And I, and I have the privilege of being friends with some of them. What's on your reading nightstand right now? Oh my gosh. Um, A few books that haven't been published yet. Uh, A lot of times friends will write a book and they say, Eric, will you read this and give me an endorsement? So uh, I'm reading a book on natural uh, law by Hadley Arcus, one of the greatest legal minds America has ever produced. Um,
0: Favorite book that you've authored of all of them that you have, which one is your favorite? I'm going to go with uh, Moby Dick. You didn't write Moby Dick. Are you sure? All right, that's prove it? it. He's Eric Metaxas. It? That's it. He's he's getting
1: probably. The hook. Uh, no, I can't. That's like asking what's your favorite child. I mean, they're they're all different, and and they all appeal to different and, types and you, of people. You know that you have one, so I'm just saying. Like, no, every I don't. Parent knows no, do. no, I actually don't. I, I get ladies to and gentlemen, I Eric you. Metaxas, you have been a delight to have on that Kevin show. Please come back anytime, my friend, and I mean that. and You know I do. Thank you. Ready or not,
2: you'll be right back.
3: With a no-drink minimum, it's that cabin show.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, he was nominated for an additional three Grammys this year, matching his previous three he'd been nominated for. Not hasn't, hasn't taken one home yet, but he is still a fan favorite. Ladies and gentlemen, to the new music spotlight,
3: please welcome Luke Combs. Oh, uh-huh. And last call, it's like she was made for moving on
0: Song dealing with life's true uh, setbacks and heartbreaks. Going, going, gone. Luke Combs, multiple Grammy nominated this year, didn't take one home, but I expect that to change in the years to come. Friends, be with us. Next hour, Luke is back on the, the Music Spotlight stage, and we've got a huge hour with Laura Wellington and Amanda Jenkins from The Chosen straight ahead in hour two. It's That Kevin Show.
2: Get the soundtrack. Search hashtag New Music Spotlight on Spotify or Apple Music.